That music is an invitation, an invitation to sit up and join me as we look into God's Word. This isn't your parents' Bible study or some pre-printed material from your denomination. Each episode, we tear into God's letter to humanity to see what would God have us know about Himself, about the world around us, and about ourselves. I am Brother Mitchell from the Discipleship Center, and you are listening to the TDC Podcast. We're continuing to talk about the first test to see if your faith is genuine. Remember, the test is, how do you respond to trials? But today, right in the middle of this section about trials, we're going to talk about knowledge. When we think about knowledge, we often think of learning facts. Back when I was in school, I learned about history and mathematics, science, grammar, literature, physical education, music, biology, chemistry. After high school, I also studied radio broadcasting and computer science. So I learned a lot of stuff, but that wasn't knowledge like what we're talking about in the Bible. What we were talking about is applied learning like a trade. For instance, a master carpenter would teach his apprentice how to plane a piece of wood flat, and the apprentice would take what he learned and plane some wood flat. The master carpenter might teach him how to create a butt joint, and the apprentice would take what he learned and make a butt joint. After this, he would learn some more advanced stuff like dovetail joints, and then he would make his own dovetail joints. Knowledge is the ability to use what's learned and apply it in a tangible situation. Biblical wisdom and knowledge is taking principles that God has laid out in his word and learning how to apply them to daily living, and then live life in new ways using this knowledge. One of our nation's greatest presidents, Theodore Roosevelt, correctly said, A thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education. James chapter 1, starting in verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without approach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. It's interesting that the health, wealth, and prosperity preachers always hijack verse 6, and they love to tell you, but let him ask of faith without doubting, and for the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. But they apply it to selfish desires to make your temporary life now more pleasurable. I like verse numbers because they make finding a passage in the Bible easier. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, sometimes a verse number will break up a sentence. Sometimes it's even caused editors of Bible versions to start a new sentence where one doesn't exist. Anyone who remembers anything from grammar school knows that you don't start a sentence with the word but. The only time I hear someone start a sentence with the word but is when they're about to say something stupid. But, Pastor, I thought I could borrow all your stuff, so I climbed your fence in the middle of the night. Enough about that, though. This sentence in the Bible should stay together as one thought. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. What should we be asking for in faith? Wisdom. If you ask for wisdom... God is in the habit of giving it generously to all people without reproach or without disapproval. God wants us to gain wisdom in the knowledge of himself and how to live your life. 
the doubter. This passage talks about someone who doubts that God will give wisdom, and it says that he's like a wave of the sea that splashes around here and there, driven by the winds. It says that that type of person shouldn't suppose that they'll receive anything from the Lord because he's a double-minded man. Anyone here ever been to the beach, along the ocean, or a large lake? Sometimes you'll see these waves that continually come in and crash on the beach, and there's a riptide just beyond those waves. If you go play there, that tide will pull you under and pull you away from the safety of the beach. And that's what having a double mind, not grounded in the Word of God, does to your life. I've got a relative that's in the exact embodiment of this type of person. He loves to go to his megachurch each Sunday to be entertained. He loves to get into the religious debates, the type of endless debates that is mentioned in 2 Timothy chapter 2 when it says, avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teachings will spread like gangrene. He will claim that there's no such thing as original sin, but then claim that Jesus came to save him from himself, whatever that means. He will claim that there's no such place as hell and there's no eternal punishment to be saved from. He'll claim that the account of creation in the Bible is just an allegory and God is impotent in the establishment or sustainment of the universe we live in. He will claim that there's no coming kingdom of God and that there's no expected physical second coming of Christ, but that we will bring in the kingdom like a situation based on how good we make the world. You see, there are two ways to look at the world. The first way is based on our understanding, which is diluted by our pride and tainted by a sinful nature, believing that man is basically good and that we can generate all the solutions to all of our problems. Or number two, based on the Bible being the word of God that directs us to repent of our sins and rely on God as the solution for our primary problem. This anti-God mindset is what the prophet Hosea accuses Israel of in Hosea chapter 4. He says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also forget your children. Remember that knowledge is the application of learning, and wisdom goes hand in hand with knowledge. Knowledge is knowing what to do, and wisdom is knowing when to do it. Where does this knowledge or wisdom start? Well, it doesn't start in the schoolroom. Proverbs chapter 9 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Not being in fear of your life or being afraid that God is out to get you, but having a respect of God and his ways and remembering that everything about God is holy, is separate from our ways, is blameless, is right, is just, and is worthy of our praise. Without this proper fear of the Lord, you will try to bring God down to your level and make him into something he's not by taking away things from him that you don't like and adding things to him that he is not. This is called idolatry, and it's what the first two commandments are all about. Wisdom and knowledge, they start with a healthy fear and respect for God. They continue by asking in faith, knowing that God wants to give them to you. They are gained through the study of the Bible, and they are complete in the proper application of the Bible to daily living. But what about you? Some of you might be feeling a little tossed around like those waves. You may want to follow Jesus, but where do you start? Well, if you're not saved, today is the day to turn away from your sins and call on God with repentance and ask Him for forgiveness. If you are saved, ask God for knowledge every day and open your Bible and start studying. 
It may be hard at first, but don't be like that double-minded man who asks for knowledge and then doubts it will ever come and then gives up. The Discipleship Center and its subsidiaries, TDC Aquaponics and TDC Farm, are a registered 501c3 charity serving in the not-so-beautiful city of Kekakee and its surroundings. Have you or a loved one been struggling with substance abuse, chronic unemployment, need some work experience after a recent incarceration, or just failed to move on to a more productive phase of life? There is hope just around the corner with the Discipleship Center, where every life matters and we strive to fulfill the Great Commission, one life at a time. Check us out on the web at www.discipleshipctr.org today.